Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Less controversial than anything that will happen in Hearthstone Esports. This is the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's Seven, and we're broadcasting live from a hovel with no running water behind the E-League studios. <laughs> See, every, it's always eventful whenever we record, uh, because something crazy seems to happen. If it's not like a random dog attack, we're losing water, we can't figure out... Why any of our equipment won't work. Fun stuff. Four hours before we had to record, they just shut the water off. They're like, you know what? Your contracts are coming up in a few months. You don't need water anymore. This is like the third show in a row I've had to use a foot pedal with hands, with my hands. <laughs> I just hey, thought that had something to do with because you just have hooves for feet. And that's true. That's true. I just knock stuff over constantly. It's it's weird. On this episode, Entz almost has the Cinderella run Seven was hoping for. Valve surprises us. No, they did not shut down Artifact. Rocket League does collegiate esports. And Nike. <laughs> is finally all about them Chinese esports. But first, Apex Legends just keeps rolling. So Respawn Entertainment's Apex Legends has hit 50 million players in a month's time. That's four weeks to 50 million, where Fortnite did it 45 million in six weeks. Uh, is Are they going to beat Fortnite? Like, are they going to break the or the record? Are we going to see like 100 million in like eight weeks? Well, I, I they definitely... Uh, have have made a dent in that. I mean, surpassing uh, from a velocity standpoint, they've already surpassed Fortnite. Now, the thing is here was, is at least Apex Legend had some of the Titanfall crowd behind it to help boost it into it. So there, there are a couple things that are different. One, there's that, right? The Titanfall name was behind it. Uh, two, we were like super supportive of it in the beginning. I That's, mean, this I predicted this even before we knew the game existed. Right, so, right, right. Know, if you know anything like... about the show, this is so BS. We, we totally missed this one. Uh, but in where Fortnite was a relative unknown, and matter of fact, it, Battle Royale was the second attempt to revive the game, really, and that's what took off. Yep. Uh, and so, if you think about that uh, and how much it, it Fortnite still took off, like that's huge. But now the scene's already set. The Battle Royale scene is extremely hot. Yep. You've got all the every game is basically making a Battle Royale mode. And they've come in with something that's like fresh and different, and they've gained this much uh, of, of a foothold. It's also free to play, which helps beat out numbers against things like Call of Duty, which tries to go or uh, with like a mode and PUBG. So, from that standpoint, I I almost wonder if it's it's moving too fast for respawn. I mean, they've held it down well, but like if you look at it from a like a store standpoint and turning over like consumables and, and cosmetics, I, I guess you could say. And they haven't like instituted the battle pass system yet. It's almost like they thought, well, we'll ramp up and then we'll figure it out. Uh, I mean, you could say the same thing about Fortnite, right? Like they were ne- not necessarily True. ready at Epic for the success that this move to battle royale uh, ended up being for them. We talked you know, way, way back when Fortnite dropped that like this was a last ditch effort, as you mentioned, to revive a game that the single player version, like right. some people enjoyed it, was not doing super well. Um, 
clearly the battle royale genre still has legs regardless of how you look at it and i'm not that worried for Fortnite right now what i do think this does is sticks the last nail in the coffin for games like blackout mode in, in call of duty in particular because now there's too much competition it's all free-to-play right. competition pubg is <clears throat> going to suffer from this and i think we're just going to see a head-to-head battle between apex and Fortnite. Oh, definitely. I mean, we saw just before the show, like a minute before we started recording, was Team Liquid, or sorry, just Liquid now, moving over, They're moving no their team over. Team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Liquid moving their team from Call of Duty over to Apex Legends, competitive yep. Apex Legends, which really doesn't even exist that much, so you probably dig into a couple different things there. Yeah, we've we uh, got the, the Twitch rivals is about the closest that we get. Right, right. So either they know something is not coming with Call of Duty, or that team's contract was up and they just wanted to shift gears. Or who knows? Maybe they're doing both now. I don't know. Yeah, and TSM um, as well signed yeah, to Apex Legends squad. I mean, so. Everybody's picking up a squad, uh, so it doesn't surprise me to see... Uh, a group like liquid move people over but i think that uh it's a, it's a smart move on there i mean this apex only goes up from here in yep. all honesty it's 75 million it's, next time we record more than like, it's, it, literally literally i can't even say the words i'm so excited yeah i mean we've, we've seen it jump from uh every week it's like we report okay 5 million 15 million 25 million 50 million like no. oh it's insanity Crazy. so uh, also in the news this week, Chiquita Evans becomes the first woman drafted into the NBA 2K League. Uh, the Warriors gaming squad used the second pick of the fourth round, the 56th pick overall, to draft Chiquita 1-2-6. So prior to last year's draft, NBA commissioner uh, Adam Silver called the lack of gender diversity a disappointment for the league and for all of us so far. He says, uh, but initially it felt like we we thought the NBA 2K League was going to kind of make this more of a marketing ploy and almost not follow through on the initiative itself. I mean, how do you think it turned out? So there were some comments that were made a few months ago when they were talking about how we are going to increase the diversity of right. the pool of players available for this draft. So they kind of said, we're doing this nudge, nudge, draft some non-dudes is essentially what it came off as. Now, you can look at this two ways, and I'm still kind of torn of how to look at this. You could say... Chiquita is a damn good player who happens to be a woman, the only one from the pool worthy of playing right? amongst the boys, so to speak. Or you can say that was a whole lot of talk for only one woman getting drafted in the draft when it was all said and done. I, I don't know where I fall on this yet. To be clear, I'm taking nothing away from her. Super stoked about it just for her as an individual. We were watching the video before the show, like getting all teary eyed and like excited to be, you know, the first woman in this league. And it matters because this is not, you know, some random game, not to take anything away from any other game, but this has a close association with the NBA. So just in your mind, this feels very, very different than just like, Hey, I showed up to play it. So no offense for a random e-league tournament or something. (laughs) Um, So I, I, I think it's great, but I wish this would have just happened without the extra pomp and circumstance of them saying, we're going to do our best to make it more diverse. Because it's like, how about we just get her in there because she's a great player. So the funny thing is is NBA 2K League did some uh, research on their game around some of the the players. And uh, they they brought in some of the the female or or women women competitors. And they talked about – or what they noticed is that people just weren't throwing them the ball in game. Right, and so they had to kind of judge uh, their level of skill based on when they did have the ball, obviously, right. and how well they did. The other interesting thing is, is which is, I'm actually 
surprised at how well NBA 2K League did handle it. I know it feels maybe somewhat heavy-handed, but really what they did is they took, I think, eight women entered this combine, and yeah. one came out onto an actual team. Did but, better than I did. <laughs> right. Well, she even like whipped up on, on some of the uh, the analysts and stuff. They were playing like pregame, like a pre-show, yeah. like show match, and she just ripped them up. So she's is very good. Uh, but they went through and they actually monitored chat for everybody in the com- combine, and they released several people from the combine for making sex- sexist remarks. So it wasn't just one of those things where they were like, oh, "We're just going to add in some some women or female players and throw them in there and and just hopes that somebody drafts them." Like they were actively making sure that like. This is an inclusive environment, which it, to me is a step further than really I had assumed they would even go. Right, right. And and to be clear, I don't know that any of these were necessarily directed at her. It was just the type of language that was being used. And you can only imagine the, the things that were being dropped in the midst of a basketball game. Uh, so kudos to them for doing that. Uh, I'm very excited to see how much she gets to play in the regular season. Um, and if this well, is... There's, a, know, there's another problem, too. Uh, because you know how they put the players into the actual game right 2k doesn't have a female model and the oh, game they don't yet. have the WNBA in 2k no they don't have a oh, female model yet that. for it because fifa's had uh you know right. the women's leagues for you know the women's world cup and you know the whatever the whatever flavor of women's soccer league is trying to make it in the u.s lately uh interesting. yeah i didn't know that yeah that was one of the things that so they're they're I guess they're actively rushing to kind of get that model. And it honestly shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, who was it like a while back that has complained? Like it was a gaming company complaining, like how difficult it is to have a, Oh, it was Ubisoft about yeah. Assassin's Creed and was yeah. like, Oh, it's really hard to make female running animations. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Good job. Good job on that one. Ubi moving on. Valve just rattled everyone in Dota two with the drop of a new hero, Mars, the God of horror. No, we're not talking about smite, despite the fact that they also have gods. Right. Looking at you, Dota two. Uh, while Mars hasn't been a secret, uh, people were not expecting him to get dropped so soon. You know, it's the usual Valve timeline. You'll get it when you get it. Um, it sounds like he's a little OP, but uh, are you excited for this? How do you feel like this fits into the game? This is not something that occurs on a very regular cadence with Valve. No, I think what's good here is, uh, again, initial reports show that they're saying, like, he's overpowered, which generally happens whenever you release like, any a character, character in any game. Right, right, right. And so in this case, he's really uh, more of like a, a melee support hero. Um, he has a lot of zoning abilities and an alt that uh, is is pretty interesting. It works a lot like an AOE slash snare slash shield ability. It's called um, uh, what's called it's called Arena of Blood. So essentially, what it is is it creates a an arena around Mars that actually extends out to almost like three character links in all directions. And what this does is it traps anybody within it, uh, and they basically have to fight him in it. And if they get bounced against any of the walls of that arena, they take, like, extra damage or, like, big damage. Now, the other thing is they can't get out of the arena, and damage can't go into the arena. So it's literally like, it's you and me, pal, in this arena, which is pretty cool. Now, the other thing that's uh, also... Somewhat interesting here is the the passive ability, which is the bulwark ability. So if he if he is facing you, he can deflect up to like 70% of your damage if it's coming directly at him. So you almost have to attack him either from the side or behind to even do this. Right. Yeah, it's play those angles quite a bit more. Yeah, so it's kind of like the opposite of like Bristleback's ability. So the other thing, too, uh, that uh, some people were kind of worried about is – yeah, you know, so he's got uh, the the spear, which uh, if he hits you initially, it's kind of like a um, 
like a ranged skill shot, and it will continue through anybody who it hits. So what happens is the first person it hits it actually creates a knockback ability. If you happen to get knocked back against anything like a tree or a wall, you actually get locked into that, like stunned. So you get like a couple seconds stun. At level 20, you have the option to extend that stun even further up to, I think it was like almost, I think someone had mentioned like maybe almost like four and a half seconds, which is incredibly long. If you think about it. like to stun someone for four and a half seconds and it matches in crazy. Well, especially when you can continue to take damage during that four and a right. half seconds. Right. You're completely stunned and, and knocked back on that. So uh, a lot of ability to zone people out, especially with uh, God's Rebuke, which is the shield smash. The shield smash does a little bit of AOE damage, but it knocks everybody back. Uh, it's almost like a two character knockback or a single character knockback. Uh, in terms of length, where the spear is like a double character back knockback, huh. so a, a lot of ability to keep people uh, at bay, um, and then lock people in and shut people out. In all honesty, interesting. Well, uh, some, can we play this? Yet? It's already live. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's out there. It's pretty. I think it just dropped yesterday, like yesterday evening. So I haven't had a chance. I've just watched some videos on it. Some people explaining it. So I don't know how OP, but. There you go. There is a, there's a lot of new characters dropping. I was uh, we were talking before the show about uh, Atlas from uh, uh, Paladin's new character. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of time control mechanics as well that is uh, coming to the game soon. So we already knew that there was a new you know their usual patch reveal. Uh, this is a tank character that can control time, and people are going to draw uh, parallels yeah. to Tracer, of course. Yeah. Uh, but a little bit more uh, complex than that. It actually, has a lot of abilities to rewind multiple people at the same time freeze people in time my favorite part is when his gun reloads he just rewinds the bullets into the gun as opposed oh, that's pretty cool yeah it's pretty cool and he's got some uh, one of his talent cards actually allows him to shoot his secondary fire which is the one that causes them to rewind uh, in an aoe so you can actually hit multiple people uh, at oh the same that's time. pretty sick so, i have to check that out yeah i haven't had a chance to uh, mess with it on the ptr yet but the same thing was watching some videos and you know i'm a big fan of paladins in general we don't get to talk a lot about it on the show but still there you go that. there you go so uh in, in other dota 2 news uh, esl asia asia are expanding their dota 2 championships into southeast asia uh, a move that will actually include thailand vietnam and a third region that combines malaysia and singapore so eight teams uh, will be selected from that region after a series of online qualifiers which actually kick off next week uh, the LAN final will actually be held uh, later in June. So these are really hot regions right now when it comes to esports expansion. We've seen multiple people moving into that area. Is this a good move for ESL and more importantly, Dota 2? Of course it is. Like not being in what is going to be a growing market, whether uh, they like it or not, because esports is just shoving things down their throat when it comes to tournaments. Right. Like everybody's spitting something up there. Uh, we saw like the tip of the spear, so to speak, back in the what has it been now? Like two, three years of Vainglory was like yeah. that was one of, one of their most popular regions. Um, it's a great place. It's still a market that's budding to sell games, and that yeah. is why they're moving into there. And they know that they're going to get the same roughly uh, type and skewing audience that they get out of like South Korea and in China. Like they're hoping that they have found like a mini version of those regions in which everybody loves esports, and they're going to be able to pull hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of viewers out of that region. Um, so I think it's a great move. And Dota 2, again, you know, we've seen this with League of Legends. Um, MOBAs play well in those yeah. markets, and Vainglory proved that even for a mobile game that was early in development. So I, I love this idea. Yeah, it's actually, a, a, I think it's a prime market for Dota 2. It's a, it's a place where they're already picking up steam, largely because League has uh, kind of diminished this ability to almost like pack, 
path to pro because of the franchising where yep. Dota is still like very much a wild west. Uh, and, and also valves increase in uh, financially and also from like a, a, a tournament point standpoint have, have, or backing Dota 2 much more. Um, and also there's some strong teams in that region with, uh, with players actually coming from largely Malaysia in all honesty. Yeah. Um, you've got Fnatic has people in there from the region, TNC predators. Um, and I think just opening up that, uh, getting more teams from that region will actually increase competition more and increase and more opportunities. More That's good. Watching. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, it's no longer like the win-win. one team that is a dark horse is the only team that has a shot. For well, them. I mean, if you look at like, Fanatic, I believe it is, or, or TNC Predator, they often try and like associate with other regions so that they can get in through like a, a tournament standpoint. Yep. Uh, where this actually gives them an all oh, honestly, it's almost like a free pass in getting in because of the level in which they already play. Well, moving on, we've got a boatload of uh, CSGO news, but let's start with probably the thing you're most excited about. Uh, your dark horses, at least one of them, went much further than I think we would have predicted. Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, yeah, so Entz made it to the fi- the grand finals of IEM Katowice, uh, only to fall unsurprisingly to Astralis. So, A, we now have seen the whole tournament play out. So what do you think about the seeding uh, and how that ended up working out for the tournament in general? I think overall the seeding really made for a lot of good competition. I know a lot of people point at, like, well, the end result was not so so much fun. I mean, it was it was a blowout. Finals. Someone was eventually going to run into the freight train that is uh, Astralis, no pun intended. But yeah, I mean, it was almost, you can almost just say it's fun up until the semifinals and then Astralis wins because it's not like the third major win like a year. It's it's something ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like they're just on a, an absolute tear. So in all honesty, when we talked about this last show, I had talked about the, the two groups uh, Ents and Renegades is kind of being the ones that nobody really expected to get as far as they were. As they were, uh, they were seated, I think eighth and ninth respectively. Um, and I don't know if I actually mentioned the show or not, but we talked about whether or not there would still be this kind of Cinderella run. Right. And I knew Renegades wasn't the case, but I was like, well, Ents could possibly pull it off. And I don't know why I thought Ents specifically, outside of the fact that like. If anybody was going to have maybe a bad relapse in this tournament, it was Liquid because no, Ents is kind of a relatively the unknown most consistent team in Counter Strike. Well, that's the problem. Is it's like I just I felt like they're they've been doing so well because they they've had a really good hold on who their opponents are and they and they've done a lot of a lot of uh, legwork against it. Yeah. Where Ents isn't. I mean, they're they're re- they've been really good in like second tier CS:GO, but they're not as well well known as someone like say Fnatic or Navi like you, you know them more and they, you know their strategies and their players i mean this ents group had four people who had never been to a major like that's that's insane level of like newbiness yep. coming yep. to it and in a lot of times it actually worked well for them um i think when it came to like train they were just like nearly invincible on uh they hadn't dropped it for like some time um until they met astralis who just ripped them apart on it then and ironically uh, it, it, I think it might have actually been the closest map in, in the finals uh, because they somewhat made it a game <laughs> in, the, in the second half, coming as close as maybe like 11 to 14 before losing. Um, but it was like incredibly one-sided prior to that. So uh, Astralis never really looked like they had lost control. Uh, there were some definitely hopes that Ents would take it a little bit further. But, you're I you're mean, clenching a little, aren't you? Uh, no, I mean, I, I would love to see. Like, that would have been an amazing story. I mean, so Ents had to go through Team Liquid, which Liquid, which was ranked two, right? And a lot of people thought that they should have been even higher than Astralis, but seriously, it's Astralis. Well, and they proved that to be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. And then they had to go through Na'Vi, 
and then uh, I mean, Astralis didn't have an easy run either. Like NIP and MIBR, like they had to go through all those to get there. But it's also Astralis. It was just a juggernaut right now. And yep. so Ents getting this this far, earning uh, this team earned 150k for the second place spot. I mean, you can't walk away from this being like, oh darn, we did bad. Like that's an incredible, incredible run for a team that literally had one person on it who'd ever been to a major yeah yeah absolutely crazy and of course it wouldn't be a major uh without the post-major roger roster apocalypse that always happens roger apocalypse, the that's roger apocalypse where everybody on the team just changes their name to roger and puts on a uh, <laughs> stick on mustache super sexy yeah and then they just start watching streams illegally no sorry it's another story we'll get to, we'll get to 1980s that. firebird uh so cloud nine uh <laughs> drops zelsis and flushes they look towards uh x mouseports sunny mouseports are on the hunt with rumors hitting at a return home for kerrigan walks and frozen while hellraisers have benched dead fox uh so teams making some rash decisions very very quickly after the major now this doesn't come as a surprise but it never seems to actually work out very well yeah, so Zelsus made his debut essentially uh, at this major uh, for the most part. I mean, this is like his kind of standard. Clearly, was not one they were impressed with. Well, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't ready. Uh, he showed a, a couple of a little bit of brilliance, like maybe early on. I think he had a really good clutch play um, or two that was like, wow, like right out of the gate, like he's doing well. Uh, but that was like his last moment, and just kind of got they got steamrolled from there. He was largely standing in for Golden, who had been out because of injury earlier. Uh, like for the last couple of months, in all honesty, um, Flusha uh, actually had uh, his his mother passed away while at the tournament. So that's why he decided one, he's just not really caring about like he's just super stressed, overrun with like over overworked, just tired uh, and exhausted around CS:GO, wanting to take some time off. His mother passed away on the like partway through the tournament. Oh, wow. uh, I think I think it was the tournament. It was the twenty first. They were in Poland either way, um, and so. And that was not expected. So he's been taking, he decided to take some time off. So he was just kind of a stand in, anyways. So I think uh, from Cloud Nine standpoint, they do have Golden back. They're looking at Sunny, which would be a, a great pickup. I, they're still just in another state of, of rebuilding. And I mean, another state. I feel like it's never ending. It's just, it hasn't been, been like since a the major rebuild. Since the major, it's just been downhill. Cause, well, I mean, again, they had a rough run after the E League major. And didn't perform, con- didn't consistently perform, and then just start, just got tore apart. So now they're all over, uh, and now you've got Mouse Sports, which is just, hey, we're going to totally revamp ag- again. Uh, Kerrigan is like, again. We talked about like uh, the hot people out there still available and still doing well. Uh, Phase actually seems to, especially this turnout. Did not seem to perform as well without Kerrigan. Right. And it wouldn't surprise me if even a move to get him back would be good. Uh, as an in-game leader, you can tell when he's not there. Um, they just don't give that role enough credit. They don't. They don't. And, and Hellraiser's uh, benching uh, uh, Dead Fox, like, it's not a total getting rid of a player. It's just a benching. But, I mean, their run to get where they did, uh, I mean, they. I think they made it to actually – did they make it to Legend stage? I'm trying to think. They – they made it into like the top like sixteen or top, yeah, it's like top twelve maybe. Like they did pretty well. Um, I don't think that they should be totally upset with that. But clearly, they're upset with Dead Fox. <laughs> evidently, they're upset with that. So I think there's again totally revamping your team based off of, and this is what a lot of people are talking about. A lot of these teams are saying we're not doing one off, we're not winning tournaments. But if you look at Liquid, Liquid like like next to one so much. Face is next to one so much. Um, all these teams are like getting so so close, 
but the stopping point is Astralis. Yep. So even if you're making second, you're going up against like a freaking what is essentially a dynasty. They've now tied Fnatic for like the most major wins. Yep. And they've not been together nearly as long. You should just consider second place uh, good enough. And even look at MIBR. They've just reformed. And so they're just going out and still performing well. And they're not cutting anybody right now. Like it's just. Yeah, you can't. You can't use the same measuring stick as you did before. If we don't win this tournament, everybody needs to go. Right. I don't know <laughs> that there is a currently at this moment in time a combination of players that you could piece together from any team and no. take on Astralis and win. No, I mean they're just they're so solid right now. And even the teams who are hot and tearing through people because they don't necessarily know them, Astralis just seems to dig in and figure them out. And they just go right through it. it just, I They're mean, it's a perfect example. Right like, it's it's not even to do with familiarity. They're just playing the game incredibly well, and it doesn't matter who they're up against. Yeah, I mean, to have Ents go through that I mean, that group of, of teams and then come up against Astralis, kind of sort of give a little bit of a run for it in the, in the first. It wasn't so much in the second. Uh, it's just, I mean, that's crazy. It's a crazy talented group right there. Yep, yep. And of course, uh, because we can never have longer than a couple week break between tournaments in oh, CSGO yeah. land. Uh, so the uh, tournament arm of WESG is facing problems in China after a fourth team has dropped out of the tournament. Uh, Ents, speaking of, announced earlier this week that they too were joining uh, K23, Isaris, and MVPPK and exiting the competition <laughs> to the dreaded visa issues. Uh, this leaves tournament organizers in tough spot as MIBR and AGO Esports sit as the only two members of their group, meaning they how to qualify for the next stage without playing a game at this point is there even any point in running this tournament so there's there's more stuff i think that uh, maybe we'll, we'll get to here later in the show around wesg which is like failure to pay some stuff but it, no in esports you don't right say. we'll get to that um again the the timing of everything in this case uh ants is claiming that the issue is largely around visa issues and not getting things started in time due to the major they were focusing on the major so many groups were focusing on the major now mind you k23 mvppk uh and in ago were not were, focusing on the were, major no, no, they were focusing on it on yeah Twitch. yeah they were like well we, it's, it's like the the problem where they watched too much netflix and didn't get anything done yep. that's kind of the same thing uh but and it was just like we didn't get done in time. Like we didn't we didn't start the process in time, so we can't go because of visas. And they also cited, uh, I think they said like scheduling issues and maybe even health conflict or health scheduling conflicts and health issues. Are we just like ticking all the boxes? I think so. They basically say it's not you, it's me. I've got a wrist injury. Right, right. And so they're they're kind of well. They also say we got 150k. We got to go spend that yep, somewhere. Yep, yep. Making uh, it rain. I mean. At this point, you either have to find uh, people who qualified uh, that were next in line to Referee. kind of step in. I'm, I'm down. Let's do That's it. Right. That's right. Uh, Swole Patrol coming in right now. Swole so, Patrol. And, I mean, also, I think WSG was uh, – I think they were even – they did invites too. So it wasn't just um, qualification stuff. Right. So I, I'm assuming that they'll have to find some stand-ins, although it's really tough this fast. So it'll probably be filled with Chinese groups in all honesty. Those are the ones you don't have to worry about visas this quick. Yeah, I mean, there's no shortage of them, but in Counter Strike, not nearly as entertaining as if you were pulling Chinese teams into yeah. other uh, games. Tai Ty- Lu Academy will be coming up. Is what Ty Lu, like it. Team 5 announced a round of balance and game changes last week, sending some cards from the classic set into the Hall of Fame while making some bold moves to cards in standard play. Now, last we left off, you were about to just say no more Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah. You were firing up that Paladins. You're excited about Atlas. You're no more Hearthstone. 
I wasn't going to make an artifact joke as much as I wanted to. Atlas. You mean oh, 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 Apex Legends? Yes. No, no, no and Paladins. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Character. No, no. Apex is too easy. And you're, you're confused now. <laughs> I have my <laughs> shit together. You, sir, are the one who is confused. So, you were ready to call it quits on Hearthstone, but because you can't keep your mind on one game for longer than five minutes, you are now back to Hearthstone because you think these changes are amazing. Yeah, I think uh, they finally... Sorry, I, I didn't bury the lead well enough there. No, no. Uh, they they finally feel like they're paying attention to the fact that they're a, a, a digital trading card game and doing some of the things in which they have the freedom to do and making some kind of gutsy calls around what they should throw into Hall of Fame. The main things being, uh, so with this next rotation, we would still have the odd and even decks. So they would still be Gangrene main. Gen and Baku would still be there, right? So they decided to go ahead and Hall of Fame them early. So they've kicked them out of rotation. Uh, with that, that also pulls like Gloomstag, Black Cat, Glitter Moth, and uh, the Eel for Shamans uh, throws that into Hall of Fame as well because those were largely sent around. Like if you had an odd deck or you had an even deck, so they've just kind of taken that out out of the Basically equation. Just killed the mechanic altogether. Yeah, they liked, and I liked initially how it kind of brought some cards into play that weren't originally you didn't normally see in play. Like just kind of your um, even some like common cards in the classic set that were never too powerful but all of a sudden when their counters may not be available or you can well, only build a deck of a certain strength because you can't use yeah. even cards right? yeah when you're when you're forced to make a choice then yeah they you saw them kind of jump back in but the problem largely was the fact that like that value that you get from the odd even wasn't so much i mean you had the cards that provided a little bit of a boost but it was largely around the hero power that just kind of stuck and that gave you the extra value every single turn yep. So you generally won the value game and just won out. So they've now chosen to uh, get rid of that, uh, get rid of that whole system altogether a year early, which I'm 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 in favor for. They also threw naturalize to the wind that goes in the Hall of Fame, thankfully. Um, uh, so I'm I'm hoping this means the end of Mechathun Druid because I'm tired of that. I just Mechathun is like the worst created card ever. Uh, Doom Guard uh, also goes to Hall of Fame, and Divine Favor goes to Hall of Fame. So those are some big ones there that I think will have some huge effects. Uh, so no more. I mean, Cube was already kind of rolling out, but it, they. I think Naturalize is a good call. It's a one mana removal, right? And <laughs> allows you to pull off so many crazy combos you wouldn't normally be able to do a lot earlier. And it just doesn't fit with Druid, right? Like, why do they get the best removal in the game and all I've seen? The one that can combo with a lot yeah, of ways. they already have all that ramp. Why do they also right. need, like, a cheap right. removal spell? Uh, Doomguard, I get it. They, they they didn't want that much burst damage on the Warlock side that wasn't coming from... I think I think Doomguard didn't need to be dumped. Uh, there's probably something coming in this next set that, that it scares them a little bit that it's around. I think if Doomguard had just been, like, a 5-2, maybe... Um, uh, or even sw- swap it around, make it like a three seven or something weird like that. Right. Um, it was just too heavily statted, and the discarding of two cards just felt. You just whatever. don't care as a warlock, like it's... no, because you're you're dumping your hand so fast as a warlock, anyways, and you can really control. Like they, they were and for a lot five instant damage plus something that could stick to the board fairly well if oh, you yeah. didn't need it another turn. Like it was op. Yeah, it basically it was like five mana removal. Still have like a five three left over, a five four left over. Yeah. It was just pretty ridiculous. So I, I see, I see why that one was rotated out. I mean, there was a couple other things that they did add uh, the random card back ability, some quality of life stuff. Uh, ability Tournaments? to do requests. No, no, no. 
not quality of esports life, oh. uh, just quality of life from a playing standpoint. Uh, when and can then I buy content. card backs I've missed? I, you know what? They are adding a new solo adventure content, which is like they're allowing like these like weird kind of uh, one-off modes and things like that that you can now purchase. Oh, I hope this goes like the StarCraft store went. That was great. Oh, man. I'm not going to talk about that. But, 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 but pizza card back. Pizza card back. That already happened, man. Did you get it? I got it. All right. I so told finally, you. I, yeah, that's right. You must have played like five games of Hearthstone last month. Oh, Anyways. no. It was like 15. You can ask uh, Andy. He was just You're super like, frustrated. Oh, yeah. He just heard me over here. Like, <laughs> I hate this game. So I wanted that pizza card back that bad. I, I feel like faith in the game has been restored from that standpoint. I am still on the fence around uh, how esports pans out. Uh, this past weekend wasn't a, a good... Do you think they try... Well, just make so, stupid decisions, or is it just like they're just naturally good at it? Yeah, so I I I, ha- I don't have faith in this new format of esports, uh, their competitive play coming up, where it's kind of this weird sideboard thing that they're attempting. Uh, I've been polishing. However, however, like this weekend, uh, there's here's basically what's on. So the Winter Championship was uh, happened this weekend, and when they crowned the winner, who was Roger, who, who was representing Chinese Taipei. Um, he swept Bunny Hopper, which was also the word was also suck because does Roger uh, have a mustache? Was it, Roger and Bunny Hopper. I don't, I don't think it's the like Roger, Roger Apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. So, but Bunny Hopper was pretty much like tournament favorite. Uh, did very very well going up into this. As a matter of fact, he didn't even drop a game. I think he might have been like four and zero or five and zero to going into it. Uh, and uh, Roger had dropped one, so he had one loss to his name. But either way, it turns out he uh, Bunny Hopper got swept in the grand finals. The, that doesn't isn't where the problem comes in. The uh, win is shrouded in controversy because um, the winner himself, Roger was part of the Chinese Taipei team that was disqualified from the Hearthstone world championships for cheating prior to BlizzCon just this past year. So they got dumped out because is this for the the global game stuff? Yes. Yeah. So they got dumped out. So this shows you how much even Blizzard doesn't give a crap about the global games. Right, right, right. So a lot of people thought he shouldn't even been allowed to compete this season, much less earn a spot now, now at the world championship. So there is a chance he could go all the way and become this year's champion and ironically join, I think it was last year's, where it was Tom60229 who won, but he was also part of that Chinese Taipei team that got disqualified. Why are Hearthstone players so bad at picking I don't know. handles? Anyways, so aside from the bad handle picking, what's your take on that? Do you think if that team got bumped that he should have even been allowed to play? Well, Brian eight six seven five three zero nine over here. <laughs> um, I believe I, it's hard to tell. I would have to know exactly how involved he was directly in the right. cheating, as opposed to being part of the team that got caught cheating. Mm-hmm. I know the cheating was them watching the stream, right? Or like so, they kind of screw themselves. What happened is, is so they had won. Um, they were obviously they had made made their way to BlizzCon and they released a video of their gameplay. And during it, one player asked, um, I think it might've been like Tom six, two, nine asked one of the other guys like, Hey, why didn't you, he's like, how, why didn't you play which caller? How'd you know that they had a specific play card? And he goes, Oh, it made the joke, like something about seeing it on the stream. Right. And so, and so, uh, Roger Rule actually was there, and Don't he goes word.exe on the desktop, right? He, and, and so, in short, again, this is p- super paraphrasing, but Roger asked him like, well, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Oh, I saw it on Blizzard's like preview thing that they do for showing the ha- hands." So Roger wasn't necessarily playing; wasn't the one that actually did it, but 
was the one who asked the question, like, how did you do it? <laughs> and he, yeah. So he was part of that group. Um, and it might have just been the one player, which is why they probably cleared him because the, the evidence didn't say that Roger did it, but said that the team ha- themselves, they disqualified the team because of it. So nothing would you points say to him 100%. You would call this who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, I know. The joke was well played out <laughs> this weekend uh, by a couple of people. Imagine. Derek Brown had that whole. Uh, what are you image up there? All but, original. I, know. Uh, I would think so. I don't have as many feelings about the exact thing that happened. I am more looking at it from the perspective of Blizzard and Hearthstone esports and the fact that this seems to. It's like, when was the last time we had a major Hearthstone tournament that there wasn't something like this that was going on that we were like grumbling about after somebody won? Uh, from Blizzard's perspective, I would have liked to see them say, you know what? Let's just cover our butts here and say, you can't play because X thing happened. Well, and the thing is, is like. Even though the video itself didn't pen, exactly pin it on him as being the one who was cheating, he was part of a group that was cheating, Still right? And they team. could have been cheating prior to that uh, because it seemed like, oh, it's just what I'm doing. Uh, so I think here, here's what they, – they decided we're going to let him in. And he's not going to make it, so it's not going to be, become a story. When has that ever or, worst case Worst case scenario, uh, he gets – you know he plays, maybe wins around, goes away. No, worst case scenario is he wins it all, and people are now like, seriously. Now, granted, he didn't cheat while he was there. He played well enough. He outplayed everybody. He did. He he did win, and he had some smart plays. He also had some dumb plays, but he still won. Uh, but in the end, it's like he sh- should have even been there because well, he's you also are a well, friend sorry, of the other thing cheaters. Is, so, what do you think? I think he's also your... been knocked for win trading before too. So, like, but he's paid his dues. But if you in that same boat, if you're knocking him for that, then you have to also like look at people like Nyman, uh, which was a uh, uh, who had been playing and he had been banned for like an entire year from Hearthstone competitive, and now he's been back and playing. He was playing for uh, Virtus Pro for the longest time, so. I, he's part of kind of that same crew as Bunny Hopper for a long time. As a matter of fact, he might even be partners with Bunny Hopper in terms of like so win trade prep. I don't know, man. Crazy. So stuff. should we expect a picture of you at the IHOP with Roger to uh, appear? That's right. Magically? He'll I, he'll be sent. He can pass him like a little envelope. <laughs> I'm just saying, you just seem to end up with all the uh, controversial cheaters. It's weird, man. So I don't it's know weird how that stuff. Keeps happening. Weird stuff. Nike has officially announced the uh, sponsorship of the Chinese League of Legends Pro League after uh, three plus months of negotiations. So if you remember, this was leaked slash reported a few months ago. Then there was a bunch of drama about Nike's exclusivity compared to uh, other apparel brands that had signed on with the league as a whole versus what the teams did individually. Right. what is your thoughts? Clearly, things have been sorted out here. I mean, good move for Nike, finally. I wonder what they had to give up to get this, though. So, uh, it, it kind of comes in a couple different ways. Like, so I, it's obviously Nike went into that market. There's a huge way for them to kind of jump into to Chinese China's market. And esports. Like, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know. Again, with a lot of these, and it's kind of like the theme for probably the back half of the show is, uh, is the amount of money that they're spending trying to get into that market and use, using esports for it, how much of a kickback will they get? But in this case, I mean, look, this is Riot getting a huge sponsor. Nike's not a small sponsor, right? Right. It's just not Sour Patch Kids, right? It's not. What, what, what are you trying to say? It's it, it's big. And so... I like, love Sour Patch Kids. What's wrong with this saying? isn't uh, Audi choosing to sign on for like a couple of matches. This is pretty large. So I think it's, it's a huge win for Riot. 
Uh, I think Nike gets to basically be on all the apparel now. I really think what happened is they were just waiting for those contracts to to run out. They they wanted the whole shebang. They're like, we they don't we, we don't want just want game day pants. We want we want everything. <laughs> game day pants. I forgot about those. That's awesome. The game day pants are back. <laughs> sponsored by Nike, but not sponsored by M and M's and McDonald's. No, not at all. I mean, well, that, that's another thing too. Is like you you look at the amount of money going into, it, but M and M's and McDonald's had. had pulled out of the uh was it the, the honor of king honor of league. kings league they they pulled out of that recently you also have at&t jumping in and sponsoring uh cloud nine for like a, a special content piece called the nines which was like a little like following that, that, around there is some marketing person right now way too proud of themselves for that <laughs> the one nines. yeah yeah exactly so when it comes to money being thrown around uh, more money being thrown around here is is gloot the uh, Swedish online esports tournament organizer just landed $25 million round of investment, which the company plans to use to obviously grow the platform development team as well as increase prize pools, which I think is interesting. Oh, they can also build a training facility because that's what you do when you get invested <laughs> right, in esports. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we've seen some a huge wave of investments, including uh, facilities uh, flowing into the esports infrastructure uh, uh, itself. So like from a support standpoint, tournament organizers, uh, even player organization and management stuff, uh, AI is in there too, obviously. There's Panda Global in their uh, control. Our Panda, Panda TV is just exiting. Uh, so, I mean, is this, does this feel like too much too soon, essentially? So before I answer this question, I want to ask a different question. Okay. Which is, when we inevitably get either re-signed or fired, are we going to report on our own signing or firing like we do everything else on the show? I was just thinking of all the money flowing into esports, like. But there's no money flowing into here, into this closet where we record from. And there's no water for the hobble into this closet <laughs> either at the moment. <laughs> I was just curious if we were going to get meta and report on ourselves. I, I, it's hard to tell. I still think it is a massive overinvestment in esports at this point. Like the, I yeah. know there's a lot of money flowing, but the money's it's like startups, right? The money's flowing is just like robbing Peter to pay Paul in a lot of ways because everyone's just throwing a bunch of money down going, if we hit our Facebook of esports, then this is all going to be worth right. it. And inevitably, they believe that there is a Facebook of esports out there. And I don't mean that there's a social network, but there's the big bet that is going to pay off. There's going to be you know, Cloud9 or TSM or one of those brands just exploding to the point where they get their LeBron James of esports that gets a $100 million contract with Nike or that Twitch is going to just explode as an esports platform or some game, whether it's the Overwatch League, whether it's League of Legends, just goes to astronomical levels where it's getting real monetizable viewership in the way that the Super Bowl or the NBA does. I just don't think it's actually going to happen. I feel like... We're propping up what would already be a declining thing. And that's not to say yeah. that esports sucks or it's dying or it's the end of the world. It is the cycle that every fad goes through. And I don't see esports having the legs of traditional sports. Even traditional sports ebb and flow, right? Like baseball's struggling quite a bit now. Uh, the NFL had some down periods of time. Uh, the NBA's on the upswing. So this is going to be the same thing. It just does feel like everybody's just trying to get esports in their portfolio because that's what people like to see in their portfolio. And a lot of these are just going to crash and burn. And we've already seen signs of this where people have overextended everything around Optic and that whole group of ownership. Like there was a lot of overextending there. They own right. like 20 damn esports brands. Who the hell needs 20 esports brands? Well, and it's also like you mentioned, like a lot of people are trying to throw money at. Uh, these sites hoping that they'll turn a profit, not so much just teams themselves, because large money, large part of the money going towards teams ends up going towards franchising fees yes. versus 
platforms which could then churn money like directly or even just like content creation to make you more popular it's literally about i need to pay to be a part of this league because if i don't have that i have no platform right and so i i feel like it's maybe a little more warranted to go for something other than an actual esports organization uh, because i feel like everybody and their mother has an esports team i know a podcast that you could invest in there you go that's right we'll take we could we could live off of cheese it's in this i just need water running water we're done (laughs) that's actually step one future of esports right here add running water so we're talking a lot about like money being thrown into esports uh one of the things that i did want to bring up that happened this week is uh stuff that is not money that is not flowing out of esports so these tournament organizers uh, largely around some uh 2017 are being called out by multiple teams right now uh the the tournament organizers include wca china top and wesg uh, and their failure to pay some of these outstanding debts so it feels like every few months we also hear about this uh, another tournament organizer not paying up like you had mentioned before it feels like we're just buying a lot of cheez-its for some like gamers turn to business people i don't know i mean some of this is is pretty bad when you look at it so the the list is actually pretty large so with wca um they're probably one of the the most sought after in terms of uh, wanting people wanting payments complexity claims that they're owed roughly nine uh, nine thousand five hundred in winnings from a combined cs from csgo and dota 2 uh, hellraisers want 40k uh, they say that they're, they still have that outstanding, and Hrook are waiting on 26. TNC Predators, uh, Dota 2 team, they won China top tournament, and they've just basically been completely ghosted. Um, they claim that they're owed the $75,000 first place prize, which was not doled out. Uh, Digital Chaos, who got fourth, haven't received theirs, and they were only getting a $3,000 cut. Talk about a big difference between coming in first and, yeah. <laughs> and fourth. Uh, and then SG Esports, they're the ones who are claiming WESG still owe them 10K from a qualifier. So not actual WESG tournament, but they won like the South American qualifier, region qualifier, and they should have got 10K from that. Um, and here we see WESG about to kick off like season three in this. Uh, that I, I that one's a little different. I almost kind of feel like m- maybe something else happened there. But they're claiming that their contact at WESG no longer works at WESG. I also know. Uh, I'm sure, you can find somebody. Else. I also know several people who've been casting a lot of those qualifiers, and they've been getting paid. So it's not like WSG is like not paying any money. No money's flowing out. It's still getting paid. Right. Uh, that almost feels like probably something's goofed or draws balls been dropped somewhere. Should we start an esports collection agency? Like a dog, the bounty hunter for esports, because I feel like if there could be esports lawyers, there can certainly be esports debt collectors. We can we could have uh, we could have like just I don't know magics show up with a uh, like a phone book. Maybe Audi could sponsor us, and we could just roll around in like a RS5 and just like take people's money back. Yeah, we could do that. I'll get some blonde dreadlocks and some like Ray Bans. It'll be dope. I feel like you've probably put far too much thought. Oh, I have a whole pitch for a TV show. It's gonna be great. Okay, this podcast thing doesn't work out. Esports bounty hunting on TBS. Yeah, yeah, on TBS. Yep. Hopefully, Booker T doesn't come and sue me for stealing his persona. (laughs) Wow, just bringing it home today. You're on fire. I'm on fire. Oh, that's going to do it. You can catch us every week on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're over there on iTunes, do what someone did this week and leave us a five-star review because we bring in the jokes. Oh, how nice. Can they bring us water? Yeah, water would be great. Um, you know, we're only going to be around for a few more months, likely. So, you know, you've got to, like, come and check <laughs> us out because eventually we're just going to die of dehydration because they just... Uh, in a couple of months. Early. Yeah, yeah. We're going to come in and they're going to be like, sorry, internet and lights have been turned off as well. 
We're just going to have to like rub two sticks together. Uh, and of course, if you want to say goodbye to us, you can come over. We're not actually going to die, people. Please don't don't send Turner nasty emails. <laughs> like get those guys some water and biscuits. <laughs> Our pleas of help usually are like, get us a bigger room other than the closet, and can we have Wi-Fi access? Yeah, now like, we nope. want water. We're <laughs> threatening. Not really threatening. It's not really a, a It's not really a threat. threat. In fact, it's probably more like a promise. Like, oh, you're finally going to leave? We've been trying. <laughs> We've been trying. It's been they, like they've been putting us under siege. They're just like, <laughs> we're taking away the water and the sunlight. Please just go away. We fired you a year ago. It's like we're squatting in like TB, in like uh, Turner's like Airbnb or something. Like Shaq just came in and he's like, what you fools doing here? Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> happening here. But if you want to say goodbye, come over and troll us more directly over at discord.elegreport.com. Um, and as we mentioned last month, E-League and Psyonix have joined forces uh, for several events, one which is going to be taking place April 5th through the 8th at the Fan Fest at the Minneapolis Convention Center in, of course, believe it or not, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh. Uh, this event will include the Collegiate Rocket League Spring Invitational Tournament. Uh, highlights from that event are going to air on TBS April 12th. Um, yeah. So check out some Collegiate Rocket League. There you go. go. Rocket League. Rocket League. I played some of that this weekend with some friends. I rarely ever get to play okay, it. Okay, first off, you don't have friends. I know. I'm lying. This little story is just downhill. It's a pure farce. But, <laughs> just uh, like, I just want people to think that I'm loved. Right, right. I, 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 oh, man, I can see why it's so addictive for people. I watch far more or to have than friends. I both. Yes. Both. And water. And water. <laughs> Oh, man, that's going to do it for this week. We're going to get a nasty email about this one. That's going to do it for this week. We will be back next week with another episode of The Evening Report.